Welcome everyone to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Socks. I am Nate here with Jimbo. Let's go. Ayo. And uh, we are ready to talk some baseball. But before we get into that, before we get into that, I do have an announcement. Um, and the announcement is this. Last week, Jimbo and I sat here and we recorded an entire podcast. And I put it on Spotify and Podbean and Apple Podcast. And then there was no views. Weird. I delete it. I re-download. I re-edit. I put it back up. Still no views. It never showed up on Spotify. Um, I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but we did record an entire episode on World Series predictions and other things. David Stearns, I had a nice rant about David Stearns, and it never got aired because I have no idea. I just don't know. Um, so <clears throat> if you're like, where did Dingy Corners go last week? I don't know either. I don't know why it didn't work, but I tried it twice and it did not work. It's in the cloud, bro. It's chilling. It's chilling. It's it's for only Jimbo in my ears, apparently. I was too harsh on David Stern, so I couldn't get out there. Poor David. So, um, but we are the World Series is going on. It's three two. The team we don't want to have win is winning, so I don't want to spend much time talking about that. Um, what I will, what I do want to talk about, and I think this is probably the only thing I want to talk about because I do think this is very important. We are going into a situation right now, obviously you all know it. You're all privy to the economy where there's some weird, weird stuff going on in the economy, weird stuff going on in the world. We've got both wars going on. Obviously, we've got election stuff coming up that nobody knows how that's going to go or what's going to happen there. And we've we're, we've got the Fed raising um, interest rates again just this week for the sixth time, I think I read this year, maybe fourth time. I Don't quote me on that. And so we're all kind of in a weird situation with money, with cards, with other things in the economy. I mean, I go into the grocery store and what used to be $100 for groceries... <coughs> is now 150 and then maybe not quite that bad, but you get my point where it, it is, it is at least a good chunk, you know, $20 more for what used to cost a hundred. And you do that every week. That's 80 extra dollars a month. You times that by 12 months and you're looking at $960 a year. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, there's a thousand dollars that could have been in my cards that went to just groceries. And then you extrapolate that out for gas and you extrapolate that out for electricity, which is going to be bad because we're projected to have a cold winter in the North Pacific Northwest and in the Midwest. And if there's cold winters, that means more energy being used to heat places. Um, and, and then you've got the whole war in Ukraine with uh, wheat, har- um, wheat and everything that's not getting to countries. So there's going to be problems in, in, third world countries and Africa and stuff that they're not getting their wheat from Ukraine and Russia and natural gas, they're not getting from Russia. So Europe's going to have problems and it's a whole big thing. Yep. And so Jimbo, I want to talk today about what your plan is, what my plan is, because like there's so much uncertainty that obviously naturally the first thing to go is cards, but I still like cards and I still like have guys I want to get, but like, you know, where do I draw the line? And I think maybe if we figure out where we're drawing the line, maybe that would help other people kind of figure out what their plan is too. Or say, or they can at least say, ah, no, those guys are idiots. I'm going to do the exact opposite of them. And then that might help too. Yeah. 
Honestly, no one has the right answer right now because no, no one knows. And we're not even into winter yet. And that's what's supposed to be the worst from what I've read um, because of energy crisis. Yeah. I don't know. I'm more, I'm more worried about interest rates. Cause right now, like for instance, I'm selling my house right now. Right. Yeah. And you know, obviously interest rates are going up. The prime time would have been last May uh, when interest rates were low because people could buy a house cheaper because they didn't have to pay the bank for the loan. You know, yeah. like they're saving seven, you know, seven, whatever percent on a house, which is huge. You know, houses are expensive, obviously, but I don't, I think, I think we like, we're still, we still got some time, but I think next like June, <laughs> next July is where we might be hitting some of the bottom. I, I would, I would say maybe. Okay. Like, I think we're going to have a decline. Obviously there's different categories and all of that, that, that will still do well. And, you know, there'll be some that will not do well. Like every, you know, it's the, the market will still be natural, just like how it was, you know, before all this with, with certain factors to change it. But I just feel like, you know, like everyone's like, oh, the cards are going down, but really it's like, that's the obvious, the, the whole market's going down. Like what is going up? Not just yeah. cards, but like, what, what is, and that's one question that I've been having, like talking to some of my finance friends and getting different perspective. I'm constantly asking, so what are you seeing? What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Because it will affect car, like everything, everything in the markets, they all counter react each other. And I think for cards, it's interesting because I, I'm kind of curious to see if it outpaces the market in some, in different sectors, like to see, okay, maybe cards are going down, but maybe they're going down less than something else. But, but that, here, here's a, here's a example in the last year, Amazon is down 46.8%. Um, some other big companies, let's go to Apple in the last year, Apple is down only 10%, um, which is not as bad as I would have thought. Do, do the next, the last three months, last three months. All right. Uh, Apple is down 17% in the last three months. Boom. Um, and Amazon in the last three months is down 36%. So they're actually down less in the last three than the year, but Apple is down less in the year than in three months. Some other big companies, <clears throat> let's go to Alibaba. Dismiss, um, three months, they're down 31%. One year, they're down almost at 59%. Microsoft. In three months, they are down 22%. In one year, they are down 34%. And that's obviously just a selection. Netflix, we'll go to Netflix too. Um, in three months, they are up 13%. In one year, they are down 62%. Yeah. Um, and so that's just a collection of random companies that have big price tags on their per stock and uh, everything. If I clicked on Ford... Ford is down 14% in three months. They're much cheaper and 29% in a year. And that's just to show you that, you know, yeah, it's not just cards. You know, it's not just uh, Anthony Edwards that is down 30% in the last three months. Congratulations. Apple is too type of thing, you know? So the, in, in there's a lot of different ways we can go with it. And I'll try not to go too micro. Because I can get very micro or if I get really hyper-focused on something. But the okay. way I look at it is, is opportunity costs. Like it's, it's all about 
I don't know. Whenever we have a trending down market, I, I, I was actually just talking to my wife, Morgan, walking, walking earlier today. I was like, this is the most exciting time because when things are trending down, this is where you, where you should get excited and make moves. This is where now, you I'm not money. saying go out by bulb, like all the, but I'm saying like you, you should really analyze and be more excited than when it's a good market, because at a good market, you should just sell, 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 you know, still buy smart, but the quick flips, the, when I'm trending down, it's like, okay, what are some cards that you would have, that you would have thought would be good in five years, 10 years. And everyone's different. I'm not saying everyone go out and buy a huge card. It depends on what your portfolio is and everyone should diversify, not just in cards, but just in general, but you should, the opportunity cost is like, okay, if I buy this, you know, X, uh, card X, whatever it is, you know, what is the percent that like the growth of that in six months compared to investment B? Like, yeah, okay. Like it's down right now. Amazon, let's say Amazon might go up 15%. Awesome. I'll take 15% all day. I'm happy with 8, 8%, super happy with 8% year, like year after year. But if you have a card where it's like, okay, you know, it could like the, it's going to go up 25%. I'm not saying like, I would rather have the 25% obviously because you're gaining an extra 10%, but it's, it's putting that in motion. Cause so many people are like, oh, I don't want to sell this because I'm in it for this, or I think it's going to grow, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, is there something that you think will grow more from today until the end point? And what is that growth? And why not choose the one that's going to be growing the faster one, even if it's not the one you have, even if you have to sell the other one that you believe in, but there's a, what if there's another one that you believe more in? Yeah. Does that make, did I, did I rank like sometimes I, in layman's terms, what you're saying is you own a card. There's another card that you like that you think is going to do better long-term than the card you currently own. So you sell your card at a loss, even though it's a loss and you put that money into the other card that you think will grow more. Yeah. I w- see my mind, my ADD, you know, it goes so fast and I'm not very good at like spitting it out professor wise. I struggle with this mightily. I call it, I call it poop dog. There's actually a funny meme saying like a beautiful cake. It's like what, what I picture my conversations are when I explain something. And then there's like this, this cake that like a five-year-old made and it's like, Bleh. and it's like what actually happens when I talk. So, but in my mind, that's what happens. But the way I look at it as in like, we're obviously trending down and it's the entire market. And honestly, people should be worried just in general. I know I probably shouldn't be saying this because I'm in cards, but I'm going to be completely transparent of what I'm thinking is okay. you, you should be worried because everyone should be worried. I'm not saying you shouldn't make moves, but you should maybe do like, you should be more careful where it's like, okay, where are you at in your situation? What are your expenses? Do you have a backup plan? Do you have a nest egg? Do you have three months in your account? Like what if all these, everything goes to zero? Like you can't just sell that to, to. And you should take a, you should take a hard look at your job. If you are a nurse, congratulations. You will still have a job. If you are a doctor, you will still have a job. If you are, say, a podcaster that works in cards, uh, you know, maybe not as much, uh, (laughs) depending on depending on the, um, you know, the need for your services. Right. So like so like there's certain people that can feel very confident that they are still going to have work regardless. My wife is a teacher. 
She is going to have work regardless. Does she get paid a lot? No. But she will have a job no matter what. Um, if you are somebody that, you know, pick a job that isn't as important as teaching kids or keeping people alive, well, you know, there might be there might be some if you te- if your company has you as a as a fluff a, a fluff piece for the rest of the company, you might be the first one to go and then and then be careful if you're buying and selling cards, you know. Yeah. And and this is like I would have the same conversation with anyone in in any market, cards, whatever, like whoever it is, it doesn't matter who they are, is when we're coming to a time like this, be careful, but also you should be excited where it's like you should be ready to attack when you when you see something good or trending or if you're seeing things that are trending back up like you should be you you should be ready to go where right now is actually the most fun because people are going to have to work they're going to have to grind like people aren't going to make an easy dollar anymore cards have been so easy the market's been easy you could have bought a house and it would be worth more today than 3 years ago and basically anywhere besides you know anywhere anything anything you bought 3 years ago probably is up no matter cards anything but now is going to be the tough time because not everything's going up. There will still be markets that go up. Like if, if you look back in 2009, all the different recession times that we've had, there's still things that thrive. I remember mm-hmm. when I was in high school, like uh, solar was going up, McDonald's, like Panera Bread was doing well when all the, the markets were bad, Walmart, like everything where the essentials, maybe like people, instead of going, spending a little bit more, maybe they, they go a cheaper route. And I don't want, like, I don't want this to be like a, like Jim Cramer or anything like that, talking about different markets. I'll keep it on cards, but I just want people to be smart with it. I, I think auctions are very interesting. Uh, if people are, I've heard eBay auctions have been atrocious lately. Yeah. People get also right. Some of them have been good because I just ran a ton for Jimmy and they (laughs) did very well, but it's certain things that are not maybe doing as well. Uh, but I think also, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit before and I, and we, we saved it for this. So I'm going to bring it up. I think grading is a huge aspect because grading has been a very interesting thing where I've always graded my whole life so cheap. And I'm like, really, if I was grading to make $10 profit on stuff, because back in the day, like you would grade and, and they weren't super high, like they, yeah. It, it was just, it was different, but it, I was okay making $10 a card because you, you take a $50 card, you spend $10 to grade it for 60, but you can sell it for 70. You're going to do that. Yeah. And I, okay, I'm going to go a couple of routes here. So I think a lot like, you know, the market's down in general, but I think the grading didn't, has kind of created this weird influx in our market for, for cards. That's not natural in, in other markets. Because, you know, PSA, let's say, you know, everyone was getting back huge bulk orders. And for the longest time, they had so many cards at the warehouse where what, what, what happens when they're sitting at PSA? They're not being listed. They're not being uh, moved around in the market. It's the, the supplies lower. Everyone, let's say you get back, you know, your, your thousand card order, $15 a piece, whatever, you, you know, you're spending a uh, $15,000 bill. You're like, What? Like if like, that's crazy. But back then it was, it made so much sense. Right. But it's some of it's still good if you graded the right things, but you're, you know, the, the lower end stuff isn't doing as well, but then people get these huge orders back. So what do they do? They have to 
they have to move them quick to pay that bill to, to pay unless they paid uh, prepaid, which I hope no one does that. Uh, but so then, so then you have that, then it over oversupplies the, the market. And then the people that are selling that usually are a buyer, not only are they flooding with more supply, but now you're taking the demand away because now they're not buying even. So it's like two, double negative on both sides, which, you know, tightens the hold. So then we have that. And I think, I think grading, you know, let's say PSA, they shut down, which I think was good that they did that back in the day, kept it, got caught up, but they did a bunch of hiring. That's awesome. I love where PSA is at right now, but I think they're going to keep lowering the prices. If you think about it, just, just as a business, because right now it's at 15. I think they're, they're doing pretty well, probably with the intake. I have no idea what they're, with their manpower, like with all that, like what they're. So real quick, you think they're doing well, they're hiring people, they're lowering prices. Every time they lower price, that just, it doesn't cost any different to slab a card. When it was $50 a card, they made say 45 bucks. When it's $15 a card, they make 10 bucks, you know? Um, But they, I, I, I don't think they were worried about the price per card because they were training people. They just didn't have the manpower where they, they didn't want the long wait times. Like they, so do you think they're making enough money to be able to afford all these people they've trained on lower prices? I think they're going to have to, because I think grading at certain levels, like at, at a higher price isn't profitable because they were still profitable back in the day when it was $8 to grade a card. Yeah. But they didn't also have to, they didn't have as many employees. Like every employee yeah. is dollar signs. But here, a thousand percent. But you got to also realize, so there's that median that, that I forget the, the term, like the, the, the name for it, but there's that med- that sweet spot of demand and supply. Their demand was so high, they couldn't handle the supply because they didn't have the manpower. So they had to, they had to lower the demand by raising the prices. Naturally, they were probably making the same amount of money because they weren't getting as much intake, but they were getting they were getting more per car, which was fine. So at the end, their their bottom line was probably the same, honestly. But now that they're ramping up, they can lower the price because now they're trained, they're faster, they're more efficient, where they can still be profitable. And now grow. here's the question: Will they be able to have the intake keep up through a recession to be able to keep those people employed? That is the question. I don't think at the prices that we are today. I think they're not bad at the prices where we're at today, but I think in six months, it's a totally different game where, okay, demand is lowering. So what do you do to to increase demand? There's a lot of different factors, Uh, but one of them is price because there's three things, price, you have customer service and you have, and you have um, quality. Those are like the three, they call the big three. Every company needs to have at least two to be successful. They say like, if you're really good at two, it's really hard to be uh, the best at three mm-hmm. because then you, it's a called, it's like a monopoly that you're, you're just crushing it. Like there's no way you can, yeah. but so for them right now, they were, they were their quality or their uh, you know, their quality was, or not quality, their customer service was down because of the, the return times, but their prices were low. So what do they do? Okay. How do we get our customer service better? What's, Let's help with the demand because the, the, the more demand, the harder it is for us for customer service because we're not 
sending the stuff back quicker. So I think they're going to keep like not drastically lower, but I think they're going to keep lowering it where it's that sweet spot because you they could have it priced at the same. They could have it priced at, you know, a year ago where it was like 50 bucks, 150, 300, whatever it was. But the demand, like they wouldn't have they enough cards. So they're, they're really losing more than, than getting, you know, putting that 15 and getting more quantity now that they're officially like, oh yeah, we can crush these. But I think I could see it getting back down to like that eight, $12 range, I would say. Yeah. And that's what makes it interesting. Cause I still think no matter what the market's happening, there's, I think there will always be opportunities to grade. It just becomes what, like the why, like, why are you grading? So we talked about this before we jumped on the live and you know, it's, it's, you open, you just opened a box of tops update. Hypothetically, you pull a Julio Mojo from the silver pack. You pull a Julio base. Which one of those are you grading? Right. You probably don't want to grade both because why would you grade a Julio base tops update card right now? That'd be absurd. You probably might not even want to grade the <coughs> Julio Mojo from the Silver Pack, but that's at least a little bit more understandable. And Jimbo is so frozen, it's not even funny. Jimbo! All right, well, we carry on uh, as Jimbo is <coughs> hopefully going to reconnect here at some point. Um... Oh, there he is. Of whatever it is. He's he is he is back. Did, did I lose you? Yeah, you were super frozen. Was the audio bad? I couldn't hear you at all. Okay. So we'll see. I'll I'll look on the edit. Um I I do have I do have a question for you. So so you know, grading comes down to this, buying comes down to this, everything comes down to this. You know, what the what? What are you grading? What are you buying? Yada, yada, yada. And so just the other week, I posted a post on Dinging Corners. And shout out, we finally passed a 1,000 followers. So thank you, everyone. Let's go. Dinging Corners page. Um, <clears throat> but there was an auction on 9-5, or 9-5, September 5th, 2022, for a Jackson Churio uh, Bowman Chrome Sapphire out of 25. Sold for $1,231. A healthy price. Out of 25, Sapphire, nice, nice. Jackson Churio, nice. On the 28th of October, 2022, a PSA 9 sold for $637. Now, I'll have you know that was a Friday. Friday auctions don't do normally do as well. eBay's been goofy lately with people not really being able to find auctions and names and stuff. and So it's been weird, but... That is half price of what it was just a month prior or two months prior, essentially, for a um, graded version, PSA 9, no no shame in that, of a card <clears throat> of a player that is both A, nice card, nice set, low numbered, B, of a player that just played in AA as an 18-year-old, right? So, like, those, he, those, all of the criteria are met for both you know, a player you'd want to buy, a card you'd want to buy. He doesn't have autos yet. And so you can't even get an auto in that argument. And yet it dropped half price. And so, like, if you, if Jackson Churio, Bowman Chrome Sapphire, purple out of 25, PSA 9 can be cut in half from the raw sale two months earlier, I do think anything can get cut 
cut in half. So then it goes down to, well, what am I buying? Are we back to the days where people don't really, you know, it three years ago, four years ago, it was, I want autos. I want the blue auto. And if I have the blue, then cool. But it's not, you know, it's a, a straight blue was not worth that much um, because it, it, people wanted autos. And uh, are we back? Are we going to be back to those days where it's like people don't really care about the non-auto color as much? It may, maybe it sells for a fraction of the auto and people just want autos. Should I just be focusing on grabbing Jackson Trio autos and who cares about everything else? Or <clears throat> should I be, you know, should I be like, well, that's cut in half. Maybe it goes a little bit lower next time it sells, but I do still believe in this card long-term. I'm going to buy this because I know it's a premium card of a premium player and keep it going. And then you can also carry that into grading. It's like, well, what do I want to grade? If I see this Jackson Churio for $600 raw, would I rather buy that and grade one card than say buy 10 Bowman Sapphires and get them graded? So like multiple questions of what uh, of which it's like quality, 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 quality. So yeah, sorry i I have a load of response slash questions to to all that is like I there it is such a huge and I feel like this is not talked about enough in the card world. Like if it's on an eBay auction, not everyone is is watching Same. eBay auctions. Like like let's say it's on a five day auction. I am a buyer of a Jackson Cheerio Sapphire purple to 25. I had no idea that was for sale. Now, if I, I, if I did and I wanted to buy it, but I knew my wife would kill me if I pulled the trigger on it. So I didn't, but just like in like, that's why auctions are like, ah, like I hate auction prices because it's like, okay, let's say there's a thousand buyers for that car. Like actually people that would buy it only, let's say, let's say 25 of them saw that it was on auction you know, five of them remember that it was on auction when it was ending. Um, like for me, like I've been traveling, been busy getting the house right, all that, where I haven't been on eBay searching, but there's so many cards that I see. Like, what did that, what did that card sell for? The one that got cut in half? 637 bucks. I would buy, if someone has it, I would buy that today for that price. But I didn't know about where I can't, I can't go in there in, in not like help the product. I can't put my bid in there because I didn't know about it. And then it's too late. And then now, you know, all that, all that, I feel like that is such a huge factor to cards. It is. And I just, that's why I struggle with, with some of this stuff. And well, I, I feel like there's value. <clears throat> it's, it's not only is that a factor, people not knowing, um, and that's a factor in high end markets. We've been covering this ad nauseum on slab stocks, where if you buy a super expensive one of one card for say $500,000, and then you go to sell it six months later, there's only so many people that can afford that. And if you were one of them and you're taken out of the market and the person who sold it to you is also not going to be able to be buying it, that means there's two people out of that market for that card. So then, you know, those people aren't there and all of a sudden your card goes for half price or something. And it's like, well, how'd that happen? He had a great, th a great game. Yeah, you just sold a rare card six months after buying said rare card and you took yourself out of the market, the winning bid that pushed it up to that price in the first place. Um, and so, like, there is a lot to be said about the fact that, yeah, Friday afternoon, Jackson Churio ending, you know, it might just be a low sale because they timed it poorly. Um, oh, so bad. But there's also a lot to be said about, like, 
Like this weekend, somebody is selling their entire Raphael Devers collection on PWCC. After the season, after the season, um, but at the very end of the playoffs, with all the other sports going on, including college basketball just starting last night for preseason. So you have even that to compete with. And they're selling their entire Raphael. There is 28, 29 Raphael Devers cards graded ending the net, the other night on Sunday night on PWCC. And it's like, you better believe some of them will probably go for what they should go for. And then a lot of them <clears throat> will go for absolute steals because there's only going to be so many people looking to buy Raphael Devers on Sunday night and they're going to be able to get a few and they're not going to want a ton. And this happened to us months ago when somebody sold all of their Julio Rodriguez, when he was in a, in a slump and we bought a blue for a thousand bucks, PSA 10 blue for a thousand dollars. And it's like, not only, not only do you need eyes on, but if you have eyes on and then sell too much supply, like Jimbo was talking about before supply and demand, if you sell too much, you're still not going to get good prices because there's, you know, you're you're selling too many cards at one time all ending at the same time it's just the stupidest thing i've ever seen so like there's a couple things that okay so 28 devers cards the collector how long did that collector take to get all 28 because if, if you look at it like yeah like he's a collector he's a huge devers fan whatever pc maybe not whatever but there's no way that that person bought all 28 that day maybe he did maybe you know he he buys and sells collection or they buy and sell collection whatever great but the way you look at it, the way I think about instantly, I thought about, okay, 28 for sale. Let's say there's 30 buyers for them. You know, the first five are competitive because they're all bidding or maybe not because then maybe they're like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to bid on this one. If I lose, I have, I have the, uh, there's no FOMO because it's like, Oh, I can just get another one. You go to the but next once, one. Once the first one sells, the first person that buys it, maybe they're out. They're like, okay, I spent what I want. Now it's 29 buyers for 27 cards and vice versa. Yeah. Then it all declines, and I'm a actually I was a I'm a huge advocate for for auctions. I love auctions uh, when the market is hot. If there is demand, you put in auction because they will they will you know you're, you're seeing who wants it the most. But when when we have a down market, people that that are constantly putting auctions, I'm like, what are you guys like? I I I'm a huge advocate of sending stuff to consignment. You know, auction, let it ride. The last couple of months. I'm no bueno. Maybe a few here and there at the right time. I have been having so much success with buy it nows and best offers. Like you, you have, like it's it's way better. Like okay, here's an example. I was well, driving- what's the what's the real quick before you give the example? What's the price range on that? Because like for me, I've got a lot of five dollar cards around here. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw those up on auction, not buy it now because it's like a five dollar card. True, true. But if I have, I bought a. Um, a Anakin Skywalker tops Chrome prism PSA 10 on my slabs for $150. Like didn't look up the price at all. Just bought it because I knew it was way more expensive than that. And I put it up on eBay for seven fifty. And if somebody wants to blow my socks off, they can. And if they don't, well, I like the card and it was $150 that I know I won't be able to get for 150 again. Um, so like, what is your price range where you're like, I am comfortable letting this ride on auction compared to not. And I'm sorry, $50. I'm sorry, because I, you know me, there's always more than a, a quick answer. It just depends on the card. But like for me, anything under, let's say, I don't know, 75 bucks, let it ride in an auction, you know, 
uh, it is what it is. Like for me, I'd rather have that cash flow to buy something else. But great example. I'm driving. Uh, had a six-hour drive yesterday. Got, got an offer for a Zach Veen purple. Uh, PSA 10 auto, Bowman first, true purple for 700 bucks. I'm like, oh, that's that's quite a bit. You know, he's having a great Arizona fall, whatever. Yeah. But then I was looking at the, the prices. So let me just pull this up real quick. And I was asking my wife, and some like sometimes I'm like, hey, should I sell this? I got an offer for 700. And it's fun because she goes, well, like what what are the comps? And I'm like, hey, oh, I love you so much. Uh, the uh, wow, Jimbo is never this nice. It must be it must be because his wife is within earshot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jimbo is, Jimbo is always nice. <laughs> I love my I love my my morgies, my wife. But so here I and I was actually thinking this yesterday after I saw this was I would love and there's you know I love data but I would love to see the data of cards of what is the percent of uh of value of when a card sold on a buy it now than an auction obviously the buy it nows will will not sell as quick the liquidity's down so you you don't always make as much money because you have to wait the opportunity cost you have to pay for that 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 liquidity, the time frame of making that extra money with time and opportunity costs because you could have used that money to buy something else. But here's an example. Zach Veen, best offer accepted October 8th, 2022 for 1100 August 4th, uh, auction, $761.07. Buy it now, June 19th, $1,175. Uh, June 15th, $1,050. Very small sample size, but would you say in October 8th was the market up or down? And sorry, this is variable because it's a prospect baseball. There's a lot of different things, but just the aspect of the auction selling for much lower. And then in August 4th, like on August 4th, prime time, baseball's hot, you know, all that fun stuff. But then you have an August, October 8th and it sells for 400 bucks more or so. 200. Uh, Wait, I thought you said it was 700 and 1100. 760, 253. So 350. Yeah. So around four. But just like that aspect of that, where I feel like if people now, and it's different, like if you need the money, it is what it is. Uh, but I just feel like people should be, don't panic. Where if you need the money, do what you have to. It, it's cards, it's cardboard. You like take care of whatever the, like, Anything that, that's super important, take care of. Don't ever hold back. But I feel like there's opportunity on auctions, not only with graded stuff, but also with raw stuff. If you just do your homework and you buy it at the right time where no one's even thinking about a Zach Veen on an auction. But uh, sorry, I just totally rambled. And I don't even know how to end this of what I was saying. But what I'm saying is when the market's hot, auctions are great. Right now, there's so many. There's so many negative. The market's down in general. As the market, you have football starting. You have basketball. You have NBA. You got all this stuff. Why would you do auctions right now on anything? No, especially baseball. Since we're a baseball centric podcast, like yeah, sorry, I would yeah. not do auctions on baseball right <sighs> now. But um, even even other even other markets, auctions are iffy, um, to say the least. I got one other thing that I completely forgot about. I didn't tell you about this earlier, but I wanted to bring up. But I was remembering. I was a huge Lou Bob fan, fan still am was like from day one, when he came stateside, absolutely ecstatic for him, went crazy. 
But I remember before the boom, I remember moving to Georgia and I remember his PSA 10 prices, his Bowman Chrome first were like 150 bucks. Obviously they're down from that now because prospects, you know, he's still a great player, all that. But but anyways, that was like a very natural market. It wasn't super inflated at that time. I feel like that the prices there, COVID just hit. It was kind of an iffy time. So like that to me is like a pretty like, okay, that should be a stable, in my mind, stabilized price. Okay, if we get back to that point, where is our opportunity? Who is the Lou Bob today? That maybe the Lou Bob that was the like the phenomenon, like, you know, he was the guy for prospects. Who is that today? What is his Bowman Chrome first prices, PSA 10? Are they over or under 150? Wander was at like 320 or whatever, 325 at some time, 350. He got crazy. Mm-hmm. And the supply was high, which it should have never been. The prices should have never been that high. Still a great player. Love him, all that. But there's no reason for the prices at those prices. But <laughs> maybe like a, like a Jackson Cheerio or a Julio Rodriguez, like a Jackson Cheerio to me is a Julio Rodriguez. A Julio Rodriguez is a Lubob from a year ago. You know what's going to be really interesting to me is we're getting into a cold cycle. Jackson Trio prices that on that purple down, cut in half, and now his autos are coming out. So, like, what are his? Because I assume that his autos were going to come out at absurd prices. Yeah, you know, yeah. a, a thousand bucks for a base type of type of absurdity. Not that not that absurd. That's too absurd. Well, but you crazy. Get my point. I think it's going to be like I thought it was going to be like five hundred bucks. I was going for the I was going for the uh, absurdity, and I realized that that was too absurd. So I will I will cut that down uh, like five hundred dollars a card because of how hot his name was, and you know off a of release and all this stuff. After that purple sale, I don't know. And what are they going to settle in at? So you know the first couple sales are obviously going to be high. They're always going to be high, but does it settle in at two fifty a base auto? Does it settle in at two hundred? I don't know. I don't know. It is interesting. Um, dude, I'm tired. I'm, you know, obviously it's always sad because a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money when the market's down with anything, but really people should be excited because it's, there's opportunity. And as long as you just kind of like, this is the time to really do your homework. Like we didn't have to do homework. Like we were getting free A's. We were basically in high school uh, playing varsity pitchers that were throwing 83 miles per hour now we're in the minors, Nate. Everyone in the card business, we're in AAA right now. We're trying to get to the majors. We're facing people with six slider, like, oh, like a nasty slider, a good champ, all that, where now we have to actually really do our homework. We have to get to their level because they're t- just as talented as us, but we're going to have to work harder than them. What's, what's interesting when you say that is that's how Aaron and I started, right? His card homework, my baseball homework. We made a lot of money. Combining those two things. I didn't know anything about cards. He didn't know much about baseball. But I knew the prospects. He knew which cards to grab. And we made bank. He made bank first because I wasn't brave enough. And then I joined him in making decent money. Not huge money because that was, you know, back then, if you doubled up in a season, it was like insanity. You were kind of hoping for like 50%, 40%. You know, if I bought at, $50 today and it reaches $75 by the end of the season. I'm feeling great about that. Stoked. Um, And, 
and if you don't have a nowadays, if you if with the government taking twenty eight percent of your sales after six hundred bucks, like if you don't have your own card business, it now becomes impossible because you're just paying that all back. Um, but uh, you know that's how we 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 cut our chops, and that's how we got people to start listening to us in the first place was by doing that and then putting it into podcasts into everything else. And um, now that it's been years since I've had to do that, all of a sudden I'm like a little bit intimidated. Like, I don't know if I can get back to that level. No, dude, you should be excited because we have to go back to work. That's yeah. fun. Why do we, why did we get in the house? We never, we, and I, I don't know. I've never asked you this question, but I think I know the answer. We didn't get into this hobby because of the money in the beginning. Now we have to make money because it's, it's our, it's our job, right? It's, it's how we live, but we got into the hobby because it was fun doing the research. It was fun taking the small stuff. It well, was actually fun. hand, hand up, hand up. I most definitely did the research well before joining the hobby. I joined the hobby <clears throat> and you're going to be like, wow, you're one of those guys. I joined the hobby because I saw the money Aaron was making, which is okay too. Like, like it was not, it was not, I had collected cards as a kid. Um, and I did not expect to hit a point when I started with Aaron where there'd be cards I'd buy that I just didn't want to sell. Like I did not expect to ever hit that point. I have hit that point now where I like cards enough where I'm like, ah, you'd have to blow me out of the water for me to get rid of that card. I don't actually want to get rid of it. I like it. Like 2016 Nathan did not see that, did not see that happening. Um, and so like you can, you can evolve from what you start as because I, I, you know, I got in strictly because I saw the money he was having. I was already doing the research just for fun. Just I had extra time. I'd look at stats. I'd look at prospects. It was just what I enjoyed doing. And um, and then along the way, you know, it goes from this is a this is I have the knowledge and I can make money with this to, hey, actually, I enjoy this. And, hey, I own a Star Wars card. Hey, I own some basketball cards. Hey, I own. You know, when it just started out as I can make money with my baseball prospect knowledge in baseball. Mm -hmm. And dude, do you, do you remember like when, when things were at its peak, everyone was complaining like, oh, the hobby's too expensive. Like it's not as like it used to be. It's impossible to buy stuff. It's not funny anymore because it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. If you were one of those people and you're listening, you should be stoked and you should never complain about the market going down. Well, because if, if they drop their prices, if you keep blaster boxes at 35 bucks, Dude, supply and demand, the market will always react. It has to. Either the market has to, like the people have to adapt to what the market and the supply and demand, like they have to, or guess what happens? They disappear because they won't be profitable because if it's sitting there at a high price and no one's buying it. Do you remember when when you used to see those posts of like a 2011 uh, Tops Update Mike Price or uh, Mike Trout, the year Mike Trout, and it was like clearance at Walmart. Like, look what I found in clearance. Uh, for two ninety nine, whatever. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen anything on clearance for cards in forever. But it, every dude, since, cards just <clears throat> since twenty nine since twenty nineteen, I remembered seeing top series two blasters and hangers on clearance, and it was one of those times where I was like, I don't have any extra money, but I would love to be buying these and holding. And uh, I actually convinced my brother to do that, and it worked out very well for him. Like two hundred fifty bucks into a thousand just on holding top series two, but that's the last time I saw clearance items at target 
Or and guess what? Why was it on clearance? Because it wasn't moving. And at, at whatever the price is, that's irrelevant. It's all about supply and demand. If there's over, if there's the demand doesn't meet the supply, guess what? How do you get more demand? You lower the price. There's other factors, obviously. But what is Walmart? What is Target going to do? They're going to lower the price because the shelf space is worth more to them than anything. Yeah. And so, ah, sorry. I, there's so many things running through my head because I'm so excited too. Like I, I've been like, I love cards and all this, but this is the stuff that's, oh, I just, I'm very excited for the next two years because Jimbo is, Jimbo is geeking out right now. We are yes. finally diving into stuff that he loves. And yes. It's, it's no more back, brewers talk background. Yeah. Hey, I, I kept that to a minimum today. I, know, I'm just, I only brought it up because of Jackson Churio post. Oh yeah. No, we did bring up a brewers. <laughs> Not me. Minimum no. at a minimum. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with that. What I'm saying, though, is I'm not telling people not to buy things. I'm not telling them not to sell. Everyone's different situation. I just think everyone should be smart. Really dive deeper. Whatever whatever you do before you buy, before you sell, maybe think about it double of what, you, like double think it. Like just maybe analyze it again. And maybe instead of buying, you know, let's say three cards, you buy one card. Maybe if you're selling a card, like selling three cards, maybe sell one card or whatever, vice versa, and time it better. Maybe instead of selling uh, a bunch of cards all at once in an auction, maybe you 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 send half of them to auction, let them ride to get the money back of whatever you need. But the other ones, you put it on a buy now and you get a better price. So then the price per unit is higher because, you know, let's say the auction sell lower, but the buy now is you get what you need, but it takes two weeks. It evens itself out. All right, let me ask you let me ask you a question. We've we've covered theories, ideas, all that stuff. Jimbo Reyes, you have it's November, November 4th. Let's assume that spring training starts on March 4th. Don't tease right? me like that. Uh. All right, so you've got 5 months. I <laughs> what is your game plan for buying and selling in the next 5 months? It you personally. Say- Okay, so it's like that window. If I bought something, I would have to sell it in five months, or no, no, just whether it's cards you own right now, whether it's cards you want to acquire. What is your personal game plan for the next five months until we get spring training? With the knowledge that there is, um, you don't have to share it if you don't want. I don't uh, mind, but with the knowledge that there is a looming recession and all that good stuff, like what does Jimbo Reyes do with his cards that he owns, with cards that he wants? And with the knowledge that spring training is coming in five months, I'll just tell like what I actually am doing right now. Like I have a ton of cards, tons of cards, right? Slabs, mm-hmm. all that. I'm always constantly buying, no matter what the market's doing, because it's all about. Well, uh, by, by the way, before you get into that, um, if you need somebody to help you move your slab specifically, um, I can fly over and uh, pack up a truck with just slabs. Um, whenever you want and help you move them to your house guaranteed it's funny you say that because i had a pod just come to the house and it was mostly cards just for one of the like one of the pods so, but but anyways anyway. a lot, a lot of, but a lot of my stuff is at different areas where they're constantly for sale at all prices because i i cut down my auctions i used to send so much stuff to auction uh dc sports uh ebay and a bunch of other consignment i used to use them a ton it was great when the market was hot because the liquidity was fast because I could buy something else and move it quick. Now it's being a little bit smarter. Now it's, it's 
the the hold time is a little bit longer, but I'm I'm still selling cards rapidly, like on on the different platforms. I won't say the names of the platforms, but they're they're still moving. But it's just you, and it's different things. It's like uh, like a Xavier Warren, like he sold randomly or whatever, and I had some slabs of him, you know, sold because someone liked his stuff and he bought them. Okay, sorry, I'm tiptoeing around the question. In five months, what I'm doing is I'm having things priced for sale of now, like the lower end stuff, the stuff that's not the Bowman Chrome, like the non-Bowman first nice stuff. I am pricing it right at the market, a little bit below at a buy it now, because I think it's still going to be more than if I send it to auction. And I still want people to be motivated to buy them because they're, oh, it's under comps. What the, yeah, cool. I would rather do that than I'd rather get 90% of comps than 75% of comps if I send it to auction. So that's what I'm doing with that. Now, the rare stuff, I'm getting creative. Like the, the stuff that I'm seeing that's moving is like the, the cool stuff. A lot of Derek Jeter sells for me the, the unique slats, like the just like the the eight-year-old Jimbo that would have been like, this is a cool card, man. Like, I don't care what it's worth. I love this. Mm-hmm. That stuff's selling where low pop, unique stuff, if you can get it at a good price, like especially auctions, and you're like, that's a cool card. Look at the pop, whatever, buy it. And then as soon as you buy it, list it for a buy it out and let it sit. People aren't looking at comps to, to buy unique stuff. Like someone's not going to nickel and dime you for a PC card of a random Derek Jeter because there's two, there's only two grading because who's grading this random Derek Jeter card, but someone yeah. did send it to auction and they sold it for a dollar more than what they did to grade it because they, you know, dollar extra baby. Exactly. Whatever. But then you buy it and you just hold on to it and you put it up for sale. Someone, someone unique will, or someone will buy it. So that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. And I think another thing that's interesting is looking at certain players years ago. I think anything that was uh, like Fernando, Tat- like Fernando Tatis in newer, like whenever he came up and he was, he was the thing, anything before that, I would look at those prices, like a Lou Bob, uh, like the big prospects back then. And I would look at their prices and I would look at their pops. What were their prices back? Like back then, and like a Jackson Cheerio, I compare him to that. So it's like, okay, that to me is is what I'm referencing prices for, if that if that's making sense. And a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is instead of selling a lot of this like lower end stuff, raw, mm-hmm. where it's just not worth the time, <clears throat> what am I doing? I'm putting in a box, I'm prepping it. And I'm now that I have more time where I don't have to send stuff quick. I can sit down and really analyze the card and be more picky of what I'm grading. I have boxes and boxes of cheaper stuff that I would never grade at $15, but if it got low enough, I would grade, but I'm being more picky, but the worst case scenario, the prices never drop. You still sell them raw. All right. I have a question for you. What do you do? What are you doing right now? Say you've got $110 cards. And 80 of them aren't worth you grading or don't look like they could grade well. Are you listing them on eBay? Are you taking the time? Or are you just setting them off to the side? And, you know, what do you, do with, what do you do with that stuff? Personally, for me, time is money, whatever. Like, I, I don't even care if, if I get half of comps because I'm just like, let's move them, whatever. It is what it is. 
But if I old Jimbo, if I wasn't doing this full time and I had like more time of just doing less, like not having to do more volume and I could do less, honestly, and I know we haven't talked about this, but I think it's really intriguing. I talk to the, my Cali, Cali Rocha all the time because they're the best graphers I think in the world. It's amazing what they do. I think in-person autos for some of these baseball prospects are very interesting because you can get them slabbed authenticated very cheap. So let's say you get a Jackson Cheerio, $10 Chrome first. I don't know what his Chrome prices are right now. Raw Bowman Chrome first. Five bucks, maybe four bucks, three bucks. You can do some TTM and not every player will send them back to, to sign, you know, sign and get back. But I, I would rather take the risk and have it be fun and learn the process of getting stuff autographed like that through the mail or in person or whatever and take the risk and get them back and grading them authentic slabs. I think that's interesting. Um, but that is, that's more of like, whatever, like widespread. But what I would really do is um, I'm waiting till it gets lower. Well, I guess if they're not gradable, yeah, that, or I would send, I would sell them in lots. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm just trying to get, you know, pick your brain because obviously for, for others, you know, they're probably going to want to hear what you're doing because you have significantly more cards than me. You've got all price ranges of cards. And so it's interesting to hear what your plan is. And like, for me, it's like, I've got a lot of cheap cards lying around, not as many expensive. I had been, I had been selling out of expensive cards for years with, uh, with uh, marriage expenses and stuff for the last year and then moving expenses and all that stuff. So it's like, I don't really have too many expensive cards anymore, but I've got plenty of 10, 20, $30 cards, $5 cards, $2 cards, you know? And it's like, I just can't find my, I just don't, when I have the time, I don't want to spend the time doing it. Right. And whether that's because I work in cards all the time. So I don't want to see cards when I'm not working or because, you know, everybody's job is the same. And when you're working, you're working and selling cards feels like a job. Um, you know, I don't get around to it. So like you have, let's say $300 worth of cheap cards lying around, but I'm struggling with even getting around to selling it, even though I know cash is king right now. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what people with a lot more cards do, because like for me, it's like, I've got these cards. I just opened up a box of tops update. Right. And like you get the cards sold right away. <clears throat> I'm probably making the box price back. And the reason I bought it was cause I needed a mag. I go into the card shop. I didn't want to just buy a mag and leave, you know, support, support your local card shop. So I bought a box of tops update, um, 105 bucks. You could probably make all that money back. I got lucky and hit a Julio Rodriguez silver pack card out of it. Um, and a David Wright out of 75 in the same pack. So shout out. Uh, but it's it's just one of those things where it's like, even though I know I could get my 105 bucks back or close to it, those cards have been sitting in a pile all week and I still have, just haven't done it. I bought it last Saturday. It is now Friday. I haven't done it. So... That's one. That's why I use consignment for some stuff because it's just like, I don't care. I'll pay the fee because the time is money and they're experts. They, you know, they can do it fast. And going back to what I was saying earlier, to answer the question, you're like, what would you do with a hundred cards at, you know, $10 a piece? The, you got to go back to the opportunity call. Like the opportunity is like, okay, they're, let's say they're, 
comps are $10 a piece. Cool. What is that? A thousand bucks? If you get them all for, for at comp, how long is that going to take you? The time, all that, whatever. Or you send them an auction. Let's say you get 500, you get 50% of comps, whatever. But what, would you rather have $500 cash? And do you think there's something better that you could put that $500 in that $500 in? Or would you rather have a hundred $10 cards and you're like, now if there are a bunch of prospects that you believe in, that's a different story. But if it's like, what if you really believe in a Jackson Cheerio and you have a bunch of, I don't know, random Edwin Arroyo, Ellie De La Cruz, all those other players. You're like, I really believe in Jackson, whatever. I'm going to sell all my other ones and buy strict like one. I'm going to buy a purple sapphire to 25 because I would rather have that car. Like, would, oh, here's the, actually, here's the question. Would you rather have a Jackson Cheerio, Cherry, whatever his name is, Cheerio, 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 PSA 9, sap, purple sapphire to 25. And I know we're running long. I'm sorry. At, six, at 600 or whatever dollars that you said, or would you rather have $110 cards? Yeah, that's that's an easy one. I mean, like, yeah, you get those. If if that's how you justify buying it, you'd probably get those sold and moved to be able to buy said Cheerio. But that's that if you take away because one thing and it's good and bad. The, the reason why cards do really well is because of the sentimental value. We believe in them, all that where we have like an emotional attachment to certain players and certain cards. Right. Like we're like, no, this is what it's worth. I, I'm going to hold out because I think I can get better. But then if you just put it straight on paper and it's like, would you rather have this or that? Changes the game. So why don't you just do that? Think like that instead and you'll be better off. And another thing too is like I put stuff up for uh, on like a, a buy it now. And if I get an offer, sometimes I won't take it. Like I didn't take the Zach Veen offer for 700 because I believe in a Zach Veen, whatever. Not saying he's a buy, whatever. Just me personally, because I'm like, I'd rather have that card than $700. But there's this random soccer player, Desan, and I'm learning soccer, and I'm going to lose all of everything I learned the last two years. I'm sorry, Wampa. And all of our listeners by bringing up soccer. No, no, but, but here's the thing, though. The, our listeners will love this because I got an offer for a Desan something, Vluka Vlachic, one of one. Desan Vlachic? Yeah. Like a, yeah, like a tops now, one of one. I graded it. It got an eight. But someone offered me 300 and something dollars. I hesitated. I'm like, no, take that Jimbo because there's something else I'd rather have than that card. So it, it's just thinking that way. Like, ah, I now love what it. do you say? What do you say to somebody who is a uh, addicted to ripping and would sell, say, <clears throat> all of their little cards just to be able to go buy um, boxes from Fred Meyer, or or even worse. What if there was somebody that was addicted to ripping and at one point traded in a silver pack Vlad Guerrero Jr. orange out of 25 just to be able to open up another box of Topps Chrome or Topps Update? What would you say to that person? And this is strictly hypothetical. Uh, I don't know anybody that may or may not have done that exact scenario in the past. People do it all the time, but that's okay because someone like, like, for instance, Jimmy, Jimmy Mahan, Kentucky basketball cards enjoys opening cards i've seen him hit monsters i've seen him hit nothing he opens the box because he the the whatever he pays to open that box the enjoyment the thrill of opening that 
is worth whatever dollar amount it is, mm-hmm. even if it's zero. So for that person, cool. If they value that, hey, I am never going to be like, you should do. Now, if they were asking like, no, but I'm trying to make money. What should like that? That's something different. But if it's there's so many factors and going back to my recruiting days, not everyone will take a new job because of money. You could offer them double, but there's so many other factors that go into thinking and that's okay. It's just having a plan ahead of time and not going too fast and just analyzing your situation and going from there. That's what I've done. I like it. And I, I hope this conversation has been helpful for everyone listening, or at least like, ah, okay. Everyone's in the same bubble of not really knowing what to do. And we can all just kind of converse with each other to try to figure out a game plan or at least know what other people's game plans are. Um, I mean, what's crazy is I came in with one, only one agenda and we still spent an hour on one agenda. Shout out us. So I knew it would be, I knew it would be long. That was me cutting it down because I still have, I only talked about 5% of what I'm thinking. (laughs) Well, maybe next week uh, we will cover that again because we've got, you should take notes on what you wanted to cover and then we can, we can cover more because this could be an ongoing series as the economy's not going to be getting better anytime soon. So like, you know, more so than more so than like, yeah, I still want to cover prospects. I want to get back into covering prospects and all that stuff, but market talk is important also. And not just, Oh, so-and-so is up 20 bucks. Like, yeah, that's cool. But why is it helpful? You know, why is it up 20 bucks? Like we should, that's the fun part too, because I love every aspect of baseball cards, prospects, all that business side too. Like there's so many factors. It's there. There's so many things that you could talk about and, and it's fun, man. Like um, it's, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I think we should do a market check every so often because right now we're in a time where it can literally change every day, every week, every month, every hour, whatever. Yeah. It's all about adjustments. Yep. So all right. Well, I think we should cut it off there. We are at an hour and two minutes. Um, Jimbo's waving his terrible towel. And uh, I think he's getting antsy. I'm getting antsy. I got other stuff to do. So, and and Jimbo's got to go walk around beautiful weather while I look out at snow outside on the ground. So, snow? Snow. You heard me. Snow. I just had to put shorts on because I was sweating. Yeah, I'm in uh I'm in my thickest sweatshirt I possibly own. Bleaker Trading, shout out. Oh, wrong side. Oh. I love Bleaker. So uh yeah, it's snowing outside, but we should cut it off there. Um everyone, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the today's Dane Corners. I am sorry there was not one last week. Hopefully you will be hearing this, um, because I will hopefully will not have any more issues with my computer and Podbean and everything like that. So Thank you, everyone, for listening. Jimbo, thank you for jumping on and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. I love this talk. Sorry if I got super excited or if I rambled and didn't make any sense. Never, never say sorry for excitement. All right, sorry. Sorry for saying sorry. You're Yes, you're forgiven for saying sorry. <laughs> um, other than that, thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Ding and Corners, and we will talk to you again next Friday.